When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No credentials. Reviewing Rolling Stone 500. Greatest album. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us again here on the Sound Logic Podcast. And today we're discussing album number 90. Finish 90. Uh, on the Rolling Stone Magazine Top 500 Greatest Album list. This is After the Gold Rush by fellow Canadian Neil Young. Sailing hardships through broken harbors out on the waves in the night. Yeah, tell me why we don't have more Canadians on this list. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> Have you, been, wait, have you been saving that for 90 albums? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just coincided with the uh, opening track. Perfectly it's, worked out. It's funny as doing some prep and just typing some things out. We we have created, well, Ben created, and, and we've added to kind of a, a spreadsheet we can go to, which has all the albums, all the rankings for all the iterations, and we can sort it and manipulate it if we want to find stuff. And... <laughs> <laughs> There's not a whole lot of extra things except the Canadian artists. Uh, <laughs> ben has has made that text red. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing we've done. <laughs> At a quick glance, yeah, can go we know. It. And and it's sad that there's not many artists in red text. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's true. This one is um, really excited to talk about Neil Young again. Um, another great Canadian artist. Uh, who is maybe not Canadian anymore? <laughs> I don't oh, know. really? Did he renounce it? I don't know. I think I think at least he's a permanent resident. Sure. Of the U.S. because he lived he, even at this time he, he was living in, in 1970. He was living in yeah. in California. Um, yep. Well, before I start to talking too much about Neil and this era, should I just go through some details? Yeah, I think probably so. a good idea. Details, details, details. All right, so this album, After the Gold Rush, was released September 19th. Happy birthday, Ben. Yeah. Uh, 19... Did we just have a December 18th album? Was it, like not long ago? Didn't we just say it was your birthday? But uh, uh, It's somebody's birthday. I can't remember which one. There was uh, like, oh, it's a birthday, I know. Yeah. Um, just 12 years before I was born. Yes, <laughs> September 19, 1970. This was Neil's third studio album, um, solo, because he was in uh, a band, an early band, Buffalo Springfield, and then Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, but this is his third solo studio album. Uh, all songs written by Neil Young, except Oh Lonesome Me, written by Don Gibson. Uh, charted number eight in the U.S., number seven in the U.K., Sales to date approaching 3 million. Uh, not astronomically high, but certainly nothing to laugh at. 
Um, <laughs> That's funny. Originally conceived, this album originally conceived as a soundtrack to an apocalyptic film by Dean Stockwell and Herb Berman of the same name, which was never produced. I've, I had never heard this before. You heard this, Ben? No. It's kind of an interesting thing. And like, after uh, the gold after the gold rush for something that has become so iconically Neil Young to, mm-hmm. to sort of imagine it as a soundtrack to a film that never got made. Um, uh, I'm a, a casual fan of Bell and Sebastian. I think they've come up a time or two on this podcast and they wrote a soundtrack to a film that they had envisioned and for years and years and years, that soundtrack was just another Bell and Sebastian album until a few years ago when they actually <laughs> filmed the movie. Oh, they had wow. enough money, I think, to, to go and do it. So it'd be interesting. Um, there's a much bigger gap here now, but if someone went and said, yeah, I, we've got a script now. Let's, let's put it to the, <laughs> let's put it to the soundtrack. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I know this is slightly different, but an album we reviewed not too long ago, David Bowie's Station to Station, Oh yeah, and he was it's in so a movie, cool. right? He was in a movie called uh, the the man who came from the sky or something about an alien. Yep. And he wanted to do the soundtrack, but they said no. And yep. then so he did Station to Station, which wasn't really the soundtrack, but the album cover is a still image from the movie. From the movie, yeah. <laughs> so that's like the so, opposite. Uh, Anyways, don't want to digress yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, these next two points are interesting. They're they're linked. So. Um, I'm going to do them in, in kind of reverse order. So so this album is one of four high-profile albums, uh, which all went to the top 15 of the charts, released by each of the members of Crosby, Seals, Nash & Young. Uh, after Deja Vu came out the same year, uh, which is another... I, I actually have both those on vinyl. Mm. Um, yeah, so good. I, my After the Gold Rush copy is really bad. I'll have to get a better one. Got it at a thrift store. Anyways, um, Stephen Stills did a self-titled album, November 1970. Uh, David Crosby did If I Could Only Remember My Name, February 71. And Graham Nash did Songs for Beginners, May 1971. So all four of them each did <laughs> writing that solo wave. albums. And, and I think that... Um, I th- are there appearances by... Those members, no. Uh, yeah, Stephen Stills does some um, some vocals on this album, uh, but a lot of the harmonies just sounds like those harmonies. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I say that one, and then uh, Neil Neil Young imagined for this album to bring together Crazy Horse, his backing band, with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, uh, again building on the success of Deja Vu, but. Um, as they developed, they did some early sessions with Crazy Horse, and as he went through developing it, it really became more apparent that this would be a solo album. And I think that makes sense. There's some songs that sound more like a group thing, but some that sound more like a solo performance, like the opening mm-hmm. track, Tell Me Why, sounds more like a solo thing with some accompaniments. Yeah, it's funny because Neil is one of the members of CSNY that seems to be given kind of solo ish sounding songs on their CSNY albums. <laughs> mm, yeah, you know what? That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's funny that he would, you know, be known for that already and then still want to bring the guys along for for this project, too. <laughs> Apparently, we'll get to the cover in just a bit, but uh, the original image is 
him and Graham Nash. And oh, interesting. Graham got cropped out of it for the. <laughs> the oh, final like cover he's editor. in. He's. It's not a different picture. It's like he's in the picture. He he was just like <laughs> a little bit off. Like had they cropped it wider, he he would have been there too. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know yeah. that. That's great. <laughs> I really like that. Um, okay, two singles. Um, Only love can break your heart, and when you dance, I can really love. Uh, they went to number thirty-three and ninety-three respectively on Billboard Hot One Hundred in twenty fourteen. Uh, this album was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm sure a few of his albums have been. I haven't looked that up. Um, I don't usually read things straight off a article or website, but I liked this next piece, so I'll just read these uh, this paragraph for you here. Critics were not immediately impressed. The 1970 review in Rolling Stone magazine by Langdon Winner was negative, with Winner feeling that, quote, none of the songs here rise above the uniformly dull surface, end quote. <laughs> Village Voice critic Robert Christgau, who we've mentioned many times, uh, was more enthusiastic, saying, quote, while David Crosby yowls about assassinations, <laughs> Young divulges darker agonies without even bothering to make them explicit. Here, the, the gaunt pain of Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere fills out a little, the voice softer, the jangling guitar muted behind a piano. Young's melodies, every one of them, are impossible to dismiss. He can write poetic lyrics without falling flat on his metaphor, even when the subject is ecology or crumbling empire. And despite his acoustic tenor, he rocks plenty. A real rarity, pleasant and hard at the same time. End quote. <laughs> Critical reception has improved with time. By 1975, Rolling Stone was referring to the album as a masterpiece. And Gold Rush is now considered a classic album in Young's recording career. So that's uh, a few contrasting yeah. <laughs> uh, reviews from when it came out. And uh, I like what um, Chris Gow said about the the lyrical content. You know, we've got we've got Southern Man, we've got After the Gold Rush, uh, political, racial issues, ecological issues. Um, look at mother nature on the run in the 1970s so really really i mean he's always been a an outspoken you know protest uh, kind of person right um mm -hmm. uh, civil rights and all that stuff but uh yeah. yeah uh i really i really like that another um example of canadians coming and singing about southern culture <laughs> yeah similar yeah. to the band uh and yeah and not yeah. being laughed at i don't know what it is about these canadian artists that have this ability uh you know one of the Joni mitchell albums that i've gotten into since discovering blue there's a the opening track of it morning morgantown it's a song about a small town in west virginia like who, what what does Joni mitchell have to do of huh. any anything in, in you know Appalachia, and yet here she is writing this beautiful, heartbreaking um, yeah. song about about life in Appalachia. That, yeah, I, there's, there must be something in our DNA that that makes us patient observers or something, and able to speak to <laughs> to things that that we see. Uh, and maybe maybe it's the mystique of the U.S. too that there's this big brother just south that's always swaggering around and every once in a while there's maybe something that 
polite Canadians do want to raise their hand and say, oh yeah, but what about this little thing over here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's an interesting point. And I, I do think of that sometimes as kind of a, I'm not trying to be mean when I say this, kind of a spectator, almost watching a show at times. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that affect us very uh, directly, you know, yeah. when, you know, a president changes uh, tariffs, you know, or something sure. like that, which, which happened very recently and other things that affect us uh you know changing nafta to uh the us uh, mca something like that uh but there are other things that don't directly affect us and it's kind of like mm -hmm. did you see what's happening down there right <laughs> but right. i can only imagine coming from that perspective and then let's talk about neil young joining like especially back then even now but especially back then is then joining this scene which would be very american and everything's happening in the u.s all your major tours and your recording studios everything being immersed in this american culture must be a very interesting perspective and maybe yeah you'd have different insights having not grown up and just maybe being accustomed to certain things coming in going hey like you guys aren't okay with this right like this is <laughs> this is a problem kind of I, I can see some people saying well it's just always been like that you know it's that's the way it is you know no i'm no i'm gonna talk about it <laughs> i yeah. don't know i'm speculating yeah. all this you know um this is not something he's ever said that i'm yeah. aware of but um well he's an interesting Canadians sitting around without much credentials uh trying to speculate <laughs> wildly too uh, every week so <laughs> yep <laughs> something in our dna that says we can uh, we have permission to do that. <laughs> I mean, you're, but you're, as we've discussed, you're now at the point, Ben, where you've you've lived in the U.S. longer than you lived in Canada, so yeah. maybe you mm -hmm. have uh, <laughs> you have more license to uh, to chime in on 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 these things now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being immersed in it, very involved in a lot of the issues. Um, anything else on the album uh, before we move to this cover here? I don't think so. Just a quick aside, I didn't have the time to really look into this image. It's it's a photo. It's a beautiful. It, yeah. It's it's an intriguing photo. It's black and white with a bit of uh, contrast uh, on it, like you can see it on on Neil's face. It's like the almost like um, like a negative. Yeah. You know what I mean, um, I'm sure there's uh, there's people who photographers screaming saying ah it's called this but i'm not a photographer <laughs> um he, it, it appears that neil's there's there's almost like a, a a wrought iron fence behind him yeah in front of a brick building it looks like he's walking on a sidewalk he's walking to the left there, and then there's i've always found this very interesting just behind him you can just see her face there's like an old <laughs> lady walking the other way it's tucked right in there yeah and as you had mentioned, that somewhere just off the frame is, <laughs> is Graham Nash, which I didn't know. And then at yeah. the very top, um, you can't even read it very well. Uh, it's against the, <laughs> the the brick. It's in in gold um, after the gold rush. Neil Young. Yep. Always find it interesting which order that is put on the album. Mm -hmm. The the artist name first, or the band or the name title. first, or yeah. the title first. <laughs> a lot of times, I yeah. feel like it's the artist first, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Here we've got after the gold rush, Neil Young. Yep, as if to say, by Neil Young, music by. Neil well, I guess if it's the soundtrack, you might want the. Uh, oh, interesting. The oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I think by the time uh, yeah. this album was finalized, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it was, but uh, yeah, I don't um, know. 
Do you did you have any info on this? On yeah, this I've got a few answers for you. Oh, um, thank you. The the terminology you're looking for that photographers might be screaming at us right now is solarizing an image. Okay. A term I had never heard before, but apparently, um, the photograph was taken and it was a little blurry than anyone wanted, and so they decided, well, let's enhance that look and did something called solarizing, which I guess skews the contrast to make mm-hmm. him. Got that almost metallic sheen on his face there. Um, this was taken uh, in Greenwich Village, a district in New York City. Yep. Okay. Um, just outside New York University School of Law, and he just happened to be passing this poor old lady at the time, <laughs> um, who gets who winds up in the in the cover as well. I, yeah, it's interesting. I'm sure there were other images, but they chose to keep that one with her in it. I, I wonder if she got any compensation for it or or anything like that. I wonder if they ever even found her again. <laughs> if they ever even found her. She may not even know that she was on the cover. Who knows? Um, the photographer's a guy named Joel Bernstein. He's got a lot of CSNY connections. He's actually a guitarist who played on a number of the CSNY uh, family of music projects okay. from time to time. Um, but he's also a pretty renowned photographer He's uh, done the cover shot on um, Jackson Brown's Running on Empty, uh, a Dylan album, the uh, the CSN album where they're on a boat lounging. That's his image as well. And, uh, and his, his photo- photographs have been featured in a whole bunch of other spaces as well. So pretty prominent guy, apparently. Uh, not one that I, not a name I'd ever heard of before, but um, this has got some meatiness to this album cover we don't always know <laughs> much about it but this is apparently uh one to one to take take stock and take notice really interesting and, and, and as you were um talking i went to i found this website called pop spots and it shows it talks about the al the image and then it, these things were these people uh someone i've seen this in other things someone has superimpose the album cover over a modern color photo of the actual place mm. <laughs> which is really cool and then there's like other like the, i see the picture that with graham nash and there's other uh, photos from different angles and then a map of where exactly it is and i imagine you could look up any photo or, wow. or album cover and find it that's kind of cool pop spots <laughs> never heard of that pop spots in new york anyways we digress a little bit, um, <laughs> but but really interesting. And I've said it before. It's always interesting when there's an album cover that's an actual place that you could go to. Um, yeah, yeah. As opposed to you know just a shot of somebody's face, you know that's where right. it is, or or in a studio somewhere. Sound like that, that with a set, you know, and it's like you could actually go and sit where that is. And a lot of people have done that with or like gone on different kind of journeys to try and find all these spots and sit there holding the album cover. Mm-hmm. at the actual spot anyways uh there you have it someday yeah, we've got lots I, of time we'll we'll do as we'll many do from that. this list as we can we'll do that we'll, we'll yeah. try and find the spots <laughs> <laughs> um i want to do the blonde on blonde one with the do my hair up all crazy like okay. Bob Dylan and find that spot <laughs> where he was outside anyways you could do it almost anywhere just make it blurry and no one would know you're you're i don't think you're you're taller than me but maybe not quite tall enough that we could do the bridge over troubled water and, 
I could have my face like in there front you of go. your face. Yeah. You can't see your face. Anyways. Yep. Um, uh, okay. 11 tracks. So pretty standard. Uh, fairly short album too, right? Like like maybe less than 40 minutes. Yeah, I think um, right at 40. I was yeah, surprised to which, see. Which, which is... We, we had done so many albums from this era. Maybe it's part of the reason why they produced so many because they weren't that long. Um, I don't say that to belittle the, the talent or anything, but um, yeah, a lot of Ben. There's a lot of great songs on this album. There is, although I will say maybe it's because I have this on vinyl. I enjoy the first half, the first A side, a lot more than the second. And I don't know if it's because I just haven't flipped it over enough to, mm. <laughs> to really uh, savor it as much as the first half. But um, I, yeah. I, think, I think they're a little catchier, the tunes on the Maybe. first, and, and a little more up-tempo. Pull you in a little bit better? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the, some of the songs on the second half are a little more melancholy. Um, that's okay. Um, they're yes. really good. Um, man, I oh, I love starting this album because I love just the the acoustic that kind of ha- and that hammer on style of, of yeah. picking. Um, number one, it's not too hard to play, so it's something I can actually play along to. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. And it's just so. To me, so quintessential Neil Young acoustic guitar playing, um, and I like how it builds. You know, it's just his voice and guitar at the beginning, and then you get some harmonies and other things later on. It's uh, it's just a great opener. I really like it. I really Absolutely. like it. it. Really, it really. When I put it on and I go, oh yeah, I'll listen to this album, and I hear that one, then I'm reminded just how much I like the whole thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh, this is gonna be great. I love this one. <laughs> I think we talked about this when we talked about Harvest, but. Um... He doesn't have a great voice, but what he does is something that Dylan does: is sings with a lot of passion. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't put this album on in the background. I've got to really like engage it because he mm. is engaging the music so much. He's not like I just got a John Denver album. I like some of his stuff, and mm. that's nice music that I can, <laughs> that I can enjoy <laughs> in the background. And this is this is someone sort of pouring their heart out. Wow, yeah. uh, with attitude, aggression, um, sort of commanding you to sit up and, and listen, and uh, yeah, it's 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 really good. I I agree. Um, is there something in this album, a song or a moment that really grabs you? Hmm. I think the transition from after the gold rush to the sort of waltz-like tempo of "Only Love Can Break Your Heart" really threw me the first time that I heard it. Um. But it's got a playfulness to it that makes me almost think of uh, the band's Brown album, just in terms of the way that mm. they play with music styles from time mm-hmm. to time. And I think that was the moment where I realized, oh, there's something a bit more conceptual here than just a bunch of like um, aggressive rock songs from this, this era. Yeah. Um, I would say there's there's a bit more musicality to this and a bit more intentionally different structure and not surprising uh, Deja Vu, the CSNY album mm-hmm. that we've already talked about has lots of that going on too but um, yeah, that's maybe the moment for me that, that really grabs me We haven't reviewed that album yet, have we? No, it's way down, I don't know why it's yeah, not higher so it, uh, 
Yeah. Oh boy. Anyways, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I, I really like what you said about the contrast. I, I, like a, a really good movie or book, a, an album, there needs to be a relief Okay, you can't mm. do, you can't have just a really intense action scene or really sad scene. That's, you know, the, the term comic relief. You have that in movies where you'd have something really intense. You take a beat and then there could be, you know, just a really funny joke or a lighthearted scene. And I like that. After the gold rush, it's a little more intense. Um, and then you go to this playful, uh, yeah, waltz the three, four time. Just kind of like a, just okay, we need to just chill from that. Um, When I asked you that question, anything jumped out, two things came to mind. The first thing was the the falsetto he uses on After the Gold Rush. And it has become more popular over the years, and some artists can do it and some can't. I think um, more recently, uh, Chris Martin uh, from Coldplay, I think, very famously uses that, and others. uh, you mentioned a, a bit of a bone to pick with you about uh, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> saying that Neil Young doesn't have a good voice. Um, okay. Pick away. <laughs> there are parts of that that I want to agree with. Same <laughs> as if you had said it about, about Dylan. I think if we're comparing the two, and I know we're not really, but if we are, uh, Neil's voice is is much more melodic. I think he has a little more control. I think he uh, likes using his voice um, melodically more than than Bob does. Um, Mm. I think it's his tone that people have issue with, kind of very nasally. um, He's very nasal delivery. I was just going to say that. And people, I, I don't think, love that. I I do like it. Um, it's never really bothered me. I've talked to other people about... I've even sung some songs. I remember I was singing a Neil Young song, playing guitar, my wife, and just saying, that sounds good. I would like it if you sang it in your voice and not in Neil's voice. Because <laughs> I was kind of imitating him, right? She's You're like, he, that. Yeah. he doesn't have a nice voice. You do. Uh, okay, well, that's flattering. Um <laughs> I guess I was just trying to do a Neil song, but I, it, it is true. Um, but that after the gold rush, man, it's chilling the way he employs that falsetto um, to me. I mean, maybe some people, maybe maybe you're someone who just doesn't care for it, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, uh, I, I think I, we I, had I, like chilling. some like real soul searching when we talked about Harvest. Like, why is it that we are so enamored with Neil? And so bothered by Bob Dylan, who right? Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. Of similarities uh, in terms yeah. of like not a voice everyone loves. <laughs> some describe it as grating, <laughs> um, and yet you know, for some people, it's just the best. Uh, 
yeah, yeah. Why, why, why is it okay to us when Neil does it and not when Bob yeah. does it? Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think the, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, so that was the one thing. The other thing, you know, Southern Man um, is, is a song I've been familiar with for years and years and years. Very popular on the radio. Heard it growing up on our rock classic rock radio. Growing up, um, it's so. Man, Neil is not afraid to to call a spade a spade. Like he mm-hmm. he has never been shy. He doesn't really sugarcoat anything. He's very direct. Um, and there's something again so uh, I'll use the word again, chilling. And boy, oh boy, and and you know those kind of racial songs and um, ideas. Uh, they're, unfortunately, they're more relevant than ever today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the The context is slightly different, um, but a lot of the issues, a lot of the the hate, is still there. And mm-hmm. man, it sucks. But it just shows that we do need people who are brave enough, as Neil and others, many others, to write about it and mm-hmm. to sing about it in you know a very mainstream uh, setting yeah. <laughs> so yeah that, and song, I think that song still just just sorry that song still just just gets me when I when I listen yeah go ahead well I think we've we've wondered aloud a couple times here on the podcast where where's the music speaking to this moment um, it may mm-hmm. just be in genres that we don't listen to a lot but I don't hear yeah. a ton of that right now at least not that's getting heavy uh <sighs> Sort of populist level um, listens. I could be I could be wrong. I, I might just be overlooking it when it's happened, or maybe like a lot of things, it takes time to assess the situation, write the song, go into the studio, have it polished stuff to 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 release it to the public. Um, I don't know. It's it, it's perplexing to me that we can have maybe the most turbulent polarized moment in, in terms of like political discourse and, and have kind of a, maybe, maybe it's fear. Maybe artists don't want to touch some yeah, of these things I, because it does get, so you get alienated if you say the wrong thing or say it in a way that people don't like or, or something like that. That That's what I was going to say. And I, I don't want to say that that wasn't the case, that there was no fear back in, you know, in the sixties. Um, and I don't know about, uh, um, record labels like I think yeah. today yeah. you know there are cautious probably yeah um, there's since you brought it up there's an incident that happened recently where an artist did put themselves out I don't know if you uh, it might have been a bigger deal in Canada but at the um, NBA All-Star game mm-hmm. this winter do you remember um, what happened there were you no. where the, so, so uh, Julie Black who is a a, a well-known Canadian R&B singer, and she, I think she's done a little bit in the U.S. Anyway, she sang the Canadian uh, national anthem. She changed a lyric when she sang it. Okay. Oh, Canada, our home on native land. Our home on native land. Which is um, the the the... The original lyric is our home and native land. She changed it to our home on native land and got uh, some some feedback, sure. both negative and positive about that. She was recently, in the last few weeks, honored 
by the Assembly of First Nations um, publicly was honored for speaking that that truth. Wow! In a extremely uh, public and well televised uh, setting, I don't. I have a feeling from. I haven't done a ton of research, so I'm sorry if I'm. I have a feeling that it was her idea. Hmm. I don't think that it was something that someone said, hey, if we've written this, do this. I think yeah, she just yeah. did it. <laughs> and they were, they honored her. She was in tears, of course. You know, they they gave her, you know, they honored her with a with a blanket, with feathers, uh, which is a high honor. And when one of the leaders of the assembly, you know, spoke, spoke to that. So wow. in response to what you said, it does still happen, but I feel like it's less, and I feel like you have to dig for it more than yeah. at the time when it was. I mean, and, Neil's always done that, but there were so many other, like that whole group, a lot of people he hung he hung out with, made music with, they were all doing that. Mm-hmm. So there was some solidarity. I think you really put yourself out now, as she yes. did. I mean, she got some... Everyone's under the microscope in a different kind oh, of yeah, way. Now, too. And, and it travels so yeah. fast. Mm-hmm. You do something and it's across the world in minutes mm-hmm. on every platform, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. subject to every critique available. So anyways, <laughs> that are yeah. trail. an interesting yeah. topic, an interesting topic. And, and where are those voices today? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sitting very comfortably on my couch, not... Uh, down at an establishment with a with a sign, you know, protesting something. <laughs> so, sure, sure. you know, so so I'm I, I don't want to sound too hypocritical, but um, yeah, we do we do need brave people, braver than me, um, to to do that. Yeah, and people to to not do what I'm doing and to get up and do stuff. But yeah. anyways, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I kind of took no, it. No, no, I like that. I like that reflection, that reminder too. I, I'm even thinking about like some of the, like uh, like Kendrick is doing some pretty edgy stuff too. Uh, Kendrick Lamar and yeah, in popular music right now. It's not listened to by a lot of white people necessarily, but uh, um. He's he's speaking his truth in yeah. ways that he can, and he's, uh, um, yeah, he's got a bit of a history doing that. Wasn't there a uh, sort of tongue-in-cheek uh, song about Trump by a Canadian band? Yeah, Arkells, 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 yeah. I think early so, in his presidency, yeah, they're, they're, there are some they're there, but I think what you said earlier, they're they're maybe not as you know in the mainstream and a little more hidden, yeah, um, for various reasons, um, yeah. And I think it's hard when you when you've achieved that status, that success. Um, yep. That boy, like they say, it's uh, it's hard at the top, uh, or it's lonely at the top, or whatever they say. And there, there is. <laughs> yeah. well, it doesn't take a couple of decades. Doesn't now, take much to 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 fall off the mountain or to say right. something wrong, and all of a sudden, you know, you know better. Yep. Remember how how fast the uh, when the Dixie Chicks said that Bush wasn't their president. You know, yep. They couldn't. They couldn't go back and play in Texas anymore. No. <laughs> it wasn't even a song that they wrote. It was just a, an aside on the stage, and uh, yeah, and suddenly the whole yeah, world. Yeah, they death changes. threats. And, yep. Um. Uh, and now they're just called the chicks. Now that now they're just called the chicks. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm that wasn't a joke. I'm not making fun of them. 
for doing that. <laughs> it's just a statement. Uh, well, we've kind of rambled on a few different things. Anything yeah. else about about the music on this album? I, Although, I it, just, you know, it's great that that I think it takes a, a special album to 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 get people to, yeah, to, you know, talk about this, right? Which is good. Yeah. One question I have is if the uh, the closing track, a little short little ditty, um, uh, Cripple Creek Ferry, if that is a nod at all to Up on Cripple Creek by the band, um, which I think is based around, if Wikipedia is any help, an old folk song about Cripple okay. Creek, um, Appalachian-style folk tune from around 1900. I'm curious if there's like, maybe in, in folk circles, that is just like a go-to, almost a trope that you can you can use that phrase, and I'm just ignorant of that uh, <laughs> tradition or that genre but it's interesting to me that a similarly timed yeah. album would have cripple creek uh by another canadian artist um, is that from their brown self-titled album is that right or is it big pink i think uh, it is i think it is the self-titled yeah it's on it's on the brown album which was what 69 so a year before this yeah yeah uh interesting yeah <laughs> yeah i thought that too when i saw the when I saw the title, Cripple like, Creek oh, yeah. I can't think of another Cripple Creek that I've ever yeah. heard of other than that. <laughs> Apparently, there's a small mining town in Colorado. I learned that today as well, trying to figure, get get to the bottom of it. Um, so, who knows? <laughs> yeah. um, I'd say in general, I find this one a little more, uh, maybe a little more moving and a little, just personally... I don't know. It, it just triggers me a little more emotionally. Mm-hmm. I think it's har- a bit moodier than harvest. than harvest. Yeah. Harvest is very good. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's great. It's a great album. I, I, I like this one a little better. Okay. I don't know. I don't have a really good explanation for it. I just, hmm. I don't know. There's some things I just enjoy it a little more. Um, yeah. And they're both great. They're both yep. fantastic. Yep. I think if you put two in front of me, said pick one, I, I would pick this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd pick both if I could. um we should pick a a favorite track this could be tough we need to talk about this because Uh oh Oh, his principal stance has said no to spotify so we cannot can't even do it oh man we could we could talk about it anecdotally if he were on spotify what one we might pick but oh and you know uh, what i meant to mention this because a couple times i went to open up oh i should listen to that album again as we you know in the weeks coming up fair open up spotify Typed Not in Neil that. Young, nothing comes up, and go, oh right, yeah, there was that thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and if you're in the dark here, <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> just in case, it was you know in the last couple of years that um, Neil Young related, right? Neil Young was, went public and yeah. and said, I don't like what Joe Rogan is saying on his podcast, which is on yep. Spotify, uh, spreading. Uh, this is Neil Young's words, uh, spreading misinformation and having guests spreading misinformation about the pandemic and about the virus, et cetera, et cetera. So Spotify, I'm giving you an opportunity to pull him from your platform or I'm pulling all my music and yep. they did not. And so in a very short period of time, uh, he did. All his music was gone. And he's not alone either. I think following suit, Joni Mitchell did, yeah. right? She says, if Neil's going to do it, I'm going to do it too. Yep. And they didn't uh, They didn't do anything. So uh, 
I'm not saying they had no response, but they didn't pull Joe Rogan's podcast. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so she pulled her music too. I don't know if there were other artists or other, those were two, I think really, really big right. artists yeah. with large catalogs, large catalogs who yeah. were like, uh, nope, it's coming off. <laughs> you so, can find a few tracks if it's like on yeah compilation or something you might sneak in but um yeah that's right so hey <laughs> good point we can't do that but um, we could we could at least speculate we could talk wildly. about it. we could what would you pick mike if uh oh man really tough tell me why i'm gonna do tell me why oh okay is that yours was that yours no that's a good choice uh, i yeah, I'm torn too. Um, so many good songs. My goodness. I think for uh, another sort of like shift in feel, I'll go with Oh Lonesome Me. Okay, all right. Yeah. Man, there's so many good ones. Some good ones. I, I um, When You Dance, I Can Really Love. Just There's yeah. this kind of like droning, um, you know, these bass notes and down, down you know, like the, the low, the, the fifth below. Man, it's just, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, it's a cool sound. Yep. Southern Man, one of my favorites. After the Gold Rush, so cool. Only Love. Uh, oh, man, it's so good. <laughs> Some good stuff. Um, okay, moving on. Um, what, what has aged well? What hasn't aged well? Huh, that, another interesting question. It sounds like Neil Young. It doesn't. He didn't yeah. sound. I mean, his voice is so unique. He didn't sound like too many of his contemporaries, even when this music was coming out. That that was my thought too. Is I wanted to say about his voice, but his voice has always been unique. It's it's like yeah. it's just it's it's. You're right. It's Neil Young. There's um, there's something about the inclusion of a harmonica that just doesn't get, unless it's like country music. Maybe we just don't hear a lot of <laughs> harmonica in no popular music these days um and so maybe some of the instrumentation might be just a little bit dated in some way yeah it's i think some of the guitar sounds maybe sound a little i I don't know to me it's like it 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 obviously doesn't sound like you know a modern rock song uh, sure obvious obviously but so much. I mean, the the political the political themes are relevant. Yes, and and the you know the ecological themes and all that mm-hmm. is relevant. You know, love songs always relevant. Yeah. So I think the lyrical content is fairly relevant. Transfers fairly. Well, um, well yeah, the, and we've talked about how um, honesty and authenticity always play. Right? It, like if you yeah, that was Bob Brown. Right? It's always and, and, relevant. Yeah. And I think that's the case with this one. Um, I think in general, the songs have a good rock and roll like backbone. So that's like, you know, they're, they're fairly standard. I mean, I, I like how Tell Me Why messes with timing a bit. Yeah. Other than that, um, it's fairly standard, straight up and down rock, whether it's 3-4 four, or 4-4. Four, four. I think a lot of it holds up really well. Mm-hmm. You know it's rock. You know what era it is. You could probably almost pinpoint the year. Yet, it still, I think, is transferable. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think a lot of it's very relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'll agree with that. It's number 90. 
on the list. How, how do you feel about that? And and I I have a feeling we're going to compare it to to harvest. harvest, which is number seventy-two. <laughs> it has fallen a little bit. It was in the seventies on the prior lists, and uh, it was higher then, than harvest. Yeah, right? good point. Yeah, it was higher than harvest. It was just higher. slightly. But uh, but higher. Um, I don't mind it here. I I feel somewhat differently than you. I think I like Harvest a bit more. Yeah. Um, no so the order is correct as far as like. I'm really fascinated by this piece of uh, deja vu sparking solo careers for four people all at once, <laughs> and wondering why that one isn't a whole lot higher. Uh, huh. Um, it's very it, good. It's very good. Uh, <laughs> it's very good. And so I, I guess I find myself content with this ranking, but but making me question some other things and why they're there, the way they are. <laughs> um, man, these these Neil Young albums, yeah, I, they're just so good to me. I, yeah, I could see them higher. I, I, it's not everybody's bag, right? But but just so much impact on rock and folk rock and and mm-hmm. uh music uh musical activism you know mm-hmm. like neil young is kind of one of the poster children of <laughs> speaking out politically mm-hmm. uh through music so i mean i i would prefer to see it higher um, yeah yeah well it we'll, we'll talk about some of the other we'll talk about his other albums here we always ask what other albums he's got a few on the list quite a lot on the list uh, as a part of different bands, but this was 71, then 74 and now 90. Um, I kind of like it up there. Uh, we've already done harvest, which was, which is 72 and that was 78. So it went up a little bit. Um, we've got tonight's the night from 1975 at number 302. Uh, that was on the other list about the same spot. Uh, then we've got On the Beach from 1974 at 311. That's a new addition to the list. So kind of grouped closely together. And then there's two other albums, uh, which are Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Yeah. So at 296, Rust Never Sleeps from 79, which uh, has gone up, was on the list. And also, everybody knows this is nowhere from 1969. Neil Young with Crazy Horse at his number four hundred. Yeah, is that considered his first solo album? I, yeah, I think Wikipedia at least re, re, puts that one up as the one that came before, uh, after the Gold Rush. So, for whatever okay. that's worth. <laughs> so that's four oh seven, and then we also mentioned Deja Vu. That's CSNY, but that's at two hundred and twenty. Yeah. Uh, so we get to talk about Neil in some iteration and yeah. uh, five more times, which is great, <laughs> but not for a while, not till we get to two twenty. when actually the next one is deja vu. We are talking about it, but it's going to be for a while, not going to be for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, Ben, before we wrap no, it up? Sure has been nice to get a little bit more CanCon on the, yeah. on the list and, uh, yeah, we always aren't. Un- we're not very sure of what it's going to be like talking about an album we both we know we both like. Um, so I'm glad we got a good conversation in for this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm feeling content right now <laughs> talking yep. about this. Um, so 
next week closed another decade yep we're we're gonna do our re-rank uh where we talk about these last 10 albums and and shuffle them around how we would have done those 10 and talk about um our favorite 10 albums of the 90 that we've done so far (laughs) see if any from this group of 10 have, have cracked that list and then the next uh you want to tell us what the next album we're doing when we come back after that re-rank? Number 91. Number 91 on the uh, top 500 album list is Darkness on the Edge of Town by Bruce Springsteen. I'm interested to do that, especially because I know that the other one we've done so far, Born to Run, has become one of your favorites. So I'm really interested. to. Yeah, and a tie to this one. I think the keyboard player um wound up in being in the east street band I don't okay know if it was cool or darkness on the edge of town or not but oh um, neat yeah kind of interesting really really interesting um until that time when we do our re-rank and when we do the spring scene album we hope you continue to be well we hope you take care of yourselves and those around you and we certainly hope you'll join us again right here on the sound logic podcast Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening.